there was this priest, and he sees these boys playing, they're surrounding a dog, teenagers. And he thought that the boys were going to hurt the dog. He says, you have to be nice to all of God's creatures. So the boy is like, listen, the dog is lost. We're all arguing, who gets to keep the dog? So the priest says, so how are you going to figure this out? We decided, whoever says the best lie is the one who gets to keep the dog. So the priest says, no, you can't do that. It's a terrible sin because it's going on and on and on and the, the damnation and hell and who knows what. And then he says, when I was your age, I never in my life once said a lie. So the little teenage boy looks at him and he says, that's it, he wins. <laughs> There's a rabbi, he was speaking about honesty. He comes in the synagogue and he says, next week we're going to have a class about honesty. Everyone needs to learn chapter 51 in Bereshit. And next week we're going to discuss honesty. He comes next week to the Beit Knesset. And he says, no, did anyone do chapter 51 of Bereshit? And a few guys, you know, very happy, very proud of themselves. Yes, Rabbi, I did it, and I did it, and I did it too. Well, actually, Bereshit does not have 51 chapters. Now, let's talk about honesty. So, that's the power of, of Sheker, of falsehood. And it seems like in this week's Torah portion, that Yaakov engages in something which is not honest. The Torah says that Yaakov was told by his mother Rivka, when she heard that Yitzchak, told Esau he's going to bless him before he passes away. Thank you. <coughs> and so she said, I want you to wear the clothing of Esau and pretend that you're Esau and go to Yitzchak and get the blessings. And indeed, Yaakov comes before Yitzchak and he says, Ani I am Esau, your firstborn. And although... Although there are commentaries which say that Yaakov said it with the Lord, sort of a pause. I am who I am. And Esav is your firstborn. And he didn't say it in a way that Yaakov heard that part. Yitzhak heard that part. But it's obviously not in the most smooth, honest way. And Yaakov is called Ishtam, the man of sincerity, man of truth. And the question is, why is it that Yaakov had to engage in something which was so seemingly uh, dishonest? To, to get these blessings. So we're going to look at this in a very deep perspective from the Zohar Kadosh. The word Zohar in Hebrew comes from the word light. And we'll see how the Zohar brings some real light to this story and light to our lives and how we can really receive brachot, how we really, really, receive, really merit to receive Amir Hashem tremendous blessings. Amen. Most souls, that Rizal says in his time, already now is for sure, most souls are recycled. Most souls are not here the, for the first time. Most souls have been here before. What, what's the reason a soul has to be recycled? Why does Hashem have to come back here again? Everyone comes here to do a mission. And if you don't do the mission right, so Hashem says, okay, so then you come back again to correct whatever was missing the first time. So, in the story of the sin of the tree of knowledge, God tells Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of knowledge. And the snake is full of lies. He con convinces Chava to eat from the tree. She convinces Adam to eat from the tree. And she causes there to be the opposite of blessing given to the world, given to, given to all of mankind. God tells Adam 
by the sweat of your brow you'll have to eat bread. God tells him that uh, that when you try to, to plant seeds, whatever you plant is also going to be thorns and bristles. You won't just eat the food, you'll also eat the, the thorns. And Adam Rishon, Adam complains to God, he said, should I and my ox and my donkey have to eat from the same trough? doesn't make sense. So who fixed this problem? Who was going to correct it? Huh? Uh-oh, you remember from another class. But who is the one who, who fixed the soul of Chava and fixed the soul of, the, of, of Adam and the soul of the Nachash, so to speak? Strike two. Anybody else? Us. <laughs> Strike three. Well, you're right. We'll, get, we'll, see, we'll see how... That's true. That's true. That's the most important point. But before we get there, Adam, it says in the Zohar, Shufre the Yaakov main Shufit The beauty of Jacob, the beauty of Yaakov Avinu, was similar to the beauty of Adam Arishon, similar to the beauty of Adam. He was a Gilgul of Adam Arishon. And Chava, her, she was a Gilgul, she became reincarnated in Rivka. So there was a curse to the world. When Yitzchak gave a blessing to Yaakov, to correct the curse to the world. The curse to the world, again, was there should be thorns, there should be bristles, there should be hard to work. God told uh, Yaakov, Yitzchak, in the name of Hashem, give the bracha to Yaakov, the world should be full of goodness, the dew of the heaven, the fat of the earth, and regarding the, the curse, you have to work so hard, Hashem, Yaakov was blessed by Yitzchak, he was blessed further, that that the nations of the world will serve you, you won't have to work so hard. So Yaakov corrects the curse that was given to Adam. How does he correct the curse? What happens? Rivka told Yaakov, Yaakov was hesitant about wearing the clothing of his brother and doing all this thing. So Rivka said to him, upon me is the curse. What does it mean, upon me is the curse? What does that mean? She was saying, since I am the Gilgul of Chava. Therefore, I have the responsibility to correct the curse to Chava. I have to fix it. And therefore, she told Yaakov to wear the clothing of Esav. Where were these clothing from? These clothing are actually the clothing of Adam. After the sin of the tree of knowledge, God told, God gave to, they, they were complaining to Hashem that they are naked. So Hashem told them to wear katnot or. Katnot or, these special clothing, were worn by Adam and Chava, and then they were given from generation to generation to the tzaddik of the generation. And Avram to, Yitz, to Yitzchak, and Yitzchak gave it to who? To Esav. Whenever Esav would go hunting, he would wear these garments. When Yaakov entered Yitzchak's room to get the Yitzchak's place where he was to receive the blessings, what did Yitzchak say? I, I smell the scent of your garments, are like the scent of... Ganeidim. Why were they sent of Ganeidim? Because these were the clothing of Adam and Rishon. So Yaakov, who is fixing the mistake of Adam and Rishon, and fixing the mistake of that Chava made, he is wearing now the clothing of Adam and Rishon. But why did it, over, why did it have the scent of Adam and Rishon? Why did it have the scent of Ganeidim? How, if it was in Ganeidim a long time ago, hundreds of years before, why is it still smelling like Ganeidim? The answer is, the smell of Ganeidim left the garments when Esav had them, when they were in the wrong hands, they didn't have the scent of Ganeidim. But when they went back to the right place, to Yaakov, who is now fixing the curse, the world, and he's getting the blessing from Yitzchak, which is meant to correct the curse that Adam received, 
And he is now wearing the clothing, he is the incarnation of Adam Rishon, wearing the clothing of Adam Rishon, so that this, this mistake could be corrected. So the Zohar uses a pasuk, a verse, to explain what was going on. The Zohar says, Im navar titparar, im If you're dealing with someone who is tricky, you've got to be tricky. Since the Nachash did many tricks to get Chavat to do the sin, first of all, he said to her, you can't eat from any tree. It's like the, the Yetzirah tells you on Shabbat, you can't do anything on Shabbat. Like Shabbat is an impossible day. That's how the Yetzirah always works. It makes you think things that aren't true. He lies to you. So the Chava said to this, no, no, we're only allowed to not eat from one tree, we can eat from every other tree. Oh, really? So you can't touch the trees? You can't touch them? So he pushed her on the tree. You said you'll die if you, if, you, if you touch the tree. And nothing happened. God never told her she can't touch the tree. God only said you can't eat from the tree. So that's how we tricked Chava with, 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 with and since the, the sin was done with trickery, Therefore, the sin was rectified also, it was rectified with, also with trickery. But that's just, it's like the story of the guy who wants to commit suicide. This, this nut goes on a, on a five-story building, and he wants to jump off, and they send these doctors, and they send these psychologists to go speak to him, to come, but no, he, he's crazy, no, no one's speaking his language. So someone runs over there, some crackpot himself, runs over there with a, with a shaver. He says, if you don't go down from that, that I'm going to shave the house, and you're going to fall down. Oh, okay. And he, and he comes down. <laughs> they speak the language of, 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 of the crazy person. So, so, so that's the simple meaning. But everything in the Torah, is, as you pointed out before, it's not just a story. Everything in the Torah is a message for us and a, and a message that the Baal Shem Tov says is very important in our lives. Baal Shem Tov said like this. When the Yetzirah, the evil inside of us, the, sees that we're doing something perfect for the right reasons, so then he attacks you. You have to throw him a bone. You have to throw him a bone. You have to, so to speak, wear the clothing of Esav. You have to, it seems like a, a, a very um, low kind of thing, but really you're supposed to use motives that will trigger and get you to do the right thing. The Gemara says these words, Yisrael ganavim Jews are thieves. It sounds like an anti-Semitic book. And the Malshantav says that's not anti-Semitic. It, what, it means, what this means is that you have to, you have to steal yourself away from the Sahara to steal yourself away from, the, from the, the voice inside of you that says, oh, you shouldn't get stuck, that's only for, for very great people. You shouldn't learn Torah, that's only for very great people. You, have to be, you can't be a hypocrite, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to steal and to say, have to, say to yourself that there's, there's something deeper over here, something meaningful for me that I, that I want to do, that it's good for me. You have to think about the great honor you'll get for giving stucca. To think about the great benefit you'll have from waking up early, how good you'll feel when you do the right thing and you, and you pray with the minyan, how great you'll feel when you want to talk. What, what about your feeling? Isn't it important to do what God wants? Yeah, it's important to do what God wants. But the Torah tells us, do things for the wrong reason, do them for the wrong reason, eventually you'll do them for the right reason. He also is smiling because he knows what Chassidut says about this. Chassidut says, while you're doing it for the wrong reason, your neshama is already doing it for, for the right reason. So I, I, I was sharing before, this past week, <laughs> when, God made, when God told all the creatures in the world to go into the, in, into the um, teva, into the ark, there was one creature that wasn't allowed in. Because everyone had to go in with a, with a mate. One creature did not have a mate. Who did not have a mate? Sheker. Lying did not have a mate. So... So Noah said, sorry, you don't, you're not married, you're not welcome. 
So he had to find somebody. So who did he find? He found he found Avdan uh, Chilayon. He found destruction. So he says, destruction. You want to come with me? I'm false. Isn't it a great shidduch? You and me together. So destruction says, yeah, that's great. Let's get married. So they come to the Tanakh and say, see, I, I'm married. Oh, you're married? Okay. You go. They go in, and after the but it's on one condition. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to marry you on condition. Whatever you make, you give to me. Whatever you make, you give to me. That's the story of the of the midrash. And after the flood. Destruction goes over to falsehood. You, you, you gain something falsehood. You gain something. If you lie, if you give it to me, that's what the story is. What does that story mean? Everything that was meant to be in this world was in the boat. Everything that can contribute something to the world was in the boat. Sheker falsehood can't contribute anything. Can't do anything. What's sheker there for? The whole point of a lie, Hashem created lying is in order so we should see what lies are about. We should see the, the, the denigrity, the lowliness of a lie. We should see how lies are worthless. So therefore Hashem marries the lie to, to destruction to show you whenever you're going down the path of falsehood, falsehood should show that what falsehood is about. Falsehood should show that lying is emptiness and destruction. It doesn't have any content, it doesn't have any meaning. That's the point of why God wants it to be falsehood in the world, so that we should see that falsehood is not a good thing. It's to reveal its own lowliness. Or let's talk about Peshuta Daim Raglaim. People getting bankrupt. A lot of people in Los Angeles driving Teslas and have wonderful houses and they're all bankrupt but the bank doesn't want to sell because the bank sells and make the bank look bad that they, they gave the loan in the first place. But there's a lot of people which blow themselves up and they're very big and it's all, it's all, it's all empty. So the Baal Shem Tev is telling us that we, in our service of Hashem we have to sometimes employ Arma. Arma means trickery. Not to go in a, in a straight path. I was sharing before, and I went to New York this past weekend for the Kinnis HaShluchim conference of all the Chabad rabbis in the world. And actually the class that I gave two weeks ago helped me to, for my trip. I'll tell you what happened. On the way to New York, I'm going to my seat, and, I, and this gentleman, he, um, he, is, uh, he, he, he looks at me and I give him my hand. He says, I don't shake hands today. Okay? No problem. Are you Jewish? He says, I, how dare you ask that question? It's very private. So I'm thinking this is going to be a long ride. Oh, uh, so I, I said, yes, I said to him, I said to him, um, I respect what you're saying, sir, but I just want you to know it's a very Jewish answer. So, 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 so I'm trying to think, though, like, I, I, the class that we had, if you remember, two weeks ago, was that wherever you are, it's a message from Hashem. You're there for a purpose. Remember the story I shared with you about Mrs. Lifshitz, about the lady who was yelling at her? and how she, Remember that story, right? So I'm th- sitting with this guy. I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm here also for a reason. I, should, I have to you know, listen to what I'm preaching about, right? But what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to like, start another conversation with him about Judaism? Like, this guy made it very clear. Like, you do not start up with me. I'm not interested in talking to you. So what am I supposed to do? So I noticed something interesting. When I, as soon as I decided, just like in the story with Mrs. Lift, as soon as, as soon as she decided that she was a messenger from Hashem, she, she noticed something, same thing happened with me. I noticed the guy on my left, I'm in the middle seat, the guy on my left, he's jumping around the keyboard, he's jumping around, he's texting, he's, he's, he's going from web, website to website, he's obviously a businessman. guy on my right, this gentleman who is, does want to shake my hand, he's typing and he's erasing, he's typing again and he's erasing. <laughs> hey, are you a writer? Oh, yes. I'm a writer. How you know? Like, how did you know? <laughs> so 
I actually wrote a biography of the Rolling Stones and of Zed Leplin, whatever his name is, and uh, and the Beatles and the Schmidels and all, all these. And, and I, he's a New York Times bestseller, best-selling author. So, so we start talking, and and he says to me, as we get in the conversation, he wrote about Reagan, he wrote about this. Are you a Republican? He says, I never voted Republican in my life. Okay. No problem. So I said to him, by the way, you ever had a bar mitzvah? He says, I told you, don't ask me about religion. I said, one second. It's okay to talk about your, your political persuasion. It's okay to talk about your profession and what you're interested in and what you're doing right now. But it's not okay to talk about your religion. I submit that this has to do with your soul. He says, okay. So he, he looks at me and like, I said to him, listen, do you have a podcast? He says, no, I don't have a podcast. So I have a podcast. My podcast is called One Minute of Torah. Can you give me 90 seconds to try to widen your perspective of why I asked you if you're, Jew, if you're Jewish or not? And why he also told me that these boys outside his office in Park Slope, they ask him every single week <laughs> if he's Jewish. These boys, Chabad boys. He said, can you, can, I, can you give me 90 seconds? He said, okay. So I told him the story, oh, I shared it with you last week, how Rabbi Lifshitz went to rescue this boy who was... Who, was, who fell on, and in the mountains in Nepal. And, and I said to them, these boys, I want to tell you where they're going, where they come from, and what they're doing. So their grandfather, like my grandfather, they taught Torah to children underground in Russia, in secret. To teach, that's, where that's where they come from. They grow up, tell people around the world. They're there on Friday to give up their t- personal time to volunteer, to do something which they feel Maybe you don't, but what they feel is an, a pure act of kindness to help you connect and c- to help Jewish continuity. So he looks at me and says, that was powerful. It, it, it reached him. <laughs> it reached him. He got, he got it. But I didn't have more than 90 seconds, so that, that was the end of the conversation. I was going to go. But the point I'm trying to say is that the conversation began with, are you a writer? The conversation began with something that, that was meaningful to him. And in a similar way, Hashem tells us that when you deal with yourself, you have to talk, try to find a path to your heart. There was a woman, these kids would come out of her her house every day, knock on the door, and they would run away. Every day, knock on her house and run away, knock on her house and run away. And she gets so nervous, she went to the rabbi, says, Rabbi, what do I do? Rabbi says, this is what you do. Next day, kids knock on her door. Oh, boys, boys, I'm so lonely. Thank you for knocking on my door. I want to give each of you 10 shekel. 10 shekel. 10 shekel, please, let me come back. And the was 10 shekel? Yeah, 10 shekel. And every day she gives him 10 shekel. One day she says, you know what? I don't, it's very expensive every day, 10 shekel. Please come tomorrow, I'll give you 5 shekel. Okay, well, we'll, we'll you know, it's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not the price, but, but we'll do this. They come, 5 shekel. Then she lowers the price to 1 shekel. Then she says a half a shekel. And the boy's like, you know, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's, it's not coming. We have to, what it has to do with us is, Rivka could have just told her husband who Esav was. She could have easily convinced her husband to give Yaakov the blessings. You know why she didn't? Because she wanted to accomplish something. She wanted to accomplish that even if there will be a Jew who's dressed like an Esav. Esav was a Gilgul of the serpent. Esav was all about doing everything wrong and lying. A Jew is dressed in the clothing of Esav. He's thinking the wrong way. He's speaking the wrong way. He's doing the wrong things. He should still deserve the blessings. He should still get the blessings. And how do you give that blessings? To someone who's dressed in that way, it has to be done in a way that speaks to them in their language, that makes sense to them. And also ourselves. 
We shouldn't think of ourselves as tzaddikim. We don't need to have selfish motives. You should, in, in, you should try to trick Yitzhahara. <coughs> Throw Yitzhahara a bone. Don't, don't just do things altruistically, and if it doesn't turn altruistic, don't do them. Find something that motivates you and find a path to your heart. Horses go on a wagon, and they take people to go to Leipzig for business. So there's three different kind of views of, of perspectives of why they're on the wagon. The, the businessmen say, we're going on the wagon because we've got to do business. The coachman is going on the wagon because he has to make money. The horses think there's no hay and straw left for us to eat here. We've got to go to get the straw. We have to toss a bone to our animal soul, to the Yetzirah Sahara, and, 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 and to use out our natural instincts of why we like to do things and eventually we'll do them for the right reason but don't don't wait for that do things that that may seem that it's not altruistic it's not so holy and and this is the key to get the brachas of Hashem the brachas of Hashem are by just make, stealing yourself away from oh I can't learn I can't it's not for me steal yourself away from what you thought you were and go, and wear the clothing of of Yaakov of what Hashem wants us to do. I'll tell you one more story. Let you guys go. There was a uh, policeman who was was a member in a synagogue, and the guy in the synagogue uh, in his synagogue was was went uh, uh, past a red light, so he pulls him over. So the policeman looks at him and he looks at the policeman. Oh, Yankel, you know me from Shul. You're not gonna give me a ticket. He says, Why not? He says, because you know me from show. Uh, you know, I had to go. My wife was, was, was calling me. I was late. He says, wait here. So the policeman goes in his car for a long time. For a long time. And finally comes back and he hands him an envelope. What does it say in the envelope? The envelope says, he, said, he says that a few years ago, my children were in a car accident. And my son died. And I have a daughter. And... The guy who was drunk driving and killed my son got four years in prison. He's out now. He has a, he's his wife. He sees his children. But I, don't, I can't see my son anymore. I could see my daughter. I want to continue to see my daughter for as long as I live. Please don't do this anymore. So what did he do? He didn't give the guy a ticket. He didn't break him. He, didn't, he just used this guy's... He spoke in his language in a way that was meaningful to him and, he, and the guy, you know, of course, he broke out and crying. He, he couldn't drive again. He's just thinking about what, what, what he had just done. It changed the whole perspective. So this is what Hashem tells us to do, not to see things in a, in a, in a very limited perspective when we have a, we're faced with a decision of doing the right thing or the wrong thing and to look at what really is going on. Look at what we, what we really want to get to what, and look at the mitzvahs and the Torah and the tzedakah that Hashem asks us to do and to feel the incredible uh, value as from our animal perspective, from our low perspective, and this will bring us the blessings of Yitzchak and the blessings of Yaakov and the blessings of Gula Mitzvah Shlema.